Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Okay, Farron, how much do you love raiding and pillaging? Oh, it's I have a degree in ancient and medieval history. It's my thing. Excellent. How much do you love butter? What? <laughs> okay, perfect, because today we're going raiding and pillaging for butter in Mountain Blade Warband. <laughs> okay, I didn't get that far. <laughs> okay, sorry, that was a bit of a deep cut. Um, we'll, I'll explain that joke later on then. Would you please? Uh, so Mountain Blade Warband, uh, developed by Tailwords Entertainment, pub- uh, picked up and published by the great Paradox Interactive, the guys who brought us the Crusader Kings series, uh, City Skylines, if if it's a top-down um, turn-based Stellaris. strategy game. That, uh, Stellaris, yes, thank you very much. Crusader Kings, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Uh, if, it, if it's a top-down strategy game, there's probably a good chance that Paradox has their fingers in it. Uh, when it was actually po- um, ported to the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, Raven's Court picked it up and publi- or, uh, published that port. Okay. Uh, this was initially released in 2010 on PC, and oh boy, does it show. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty harsh-looking game. Um, and that it was actually ported in 2016 to the to the consoles. Oh wow! In 2016, this game came out and looked the way that it does. I love it. Um, and since 2010, it has sold over six million copies. Oh my so, god! Okay, I, I didn't realize that. I thought, wow, this game's got like three people who play it, don't they? No, but, no. Wow. This is wow. this is Mountain Blade has had this phenomenal following of people who play it. So the the premise is you were playing in Calradia, which is definitely not medieval Europe. Absolutely. Uh, you, you've got a couple of a uh, couple of different factions. You have um, the Vikings that are definitely not uh, like Scandinavians. You've got the people who are uh, knights on horseback for the most part, and they're definitely not uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, you've got <laughs> a, a group that I think is supposed to be sort of like emblematic of like France or Spain or something like that, the Rodox, who are very much into archers and being of the hills. Then you've got the, the Kurgit Khanate, which you know the the horse archer people yeah. and then you've got the um uh the serenid oh god what the serenid sultanate and so they're they're basically the middle east yeah. <laughs> uh but you show up in this this nation of calradia or this this continent of calradia as a disenfranchised noble if you'd like to or you show up as an absolute nobody who's got no uh claim to anything yeah. and a, a couple of uh dinars in your pocket and you start on the map and it is literally just you you walk into a you walk into a city and immediately you get ambushed a guy comes in and and picks you up and says all right here's what's going to happen you need to go get guys and we're going to go and fight bandits and the world just kind of says okay go and there's not much more to it than that um that's that's the whole intro to this game and yeah it's it's a weird one it's uh it is you know, it, it, it looks like shit. Let's oh, be clear. Yeah, um, it, it, it's, it's an ugly ass game, but I don't care mm-hmm. because I've learned that graphics, there's a difference between aesthetics and fidelity. 
I don't care about fidelity. I care about aesthetics. And this was like a flashback to a game called Die by the Sword from the mid-90s. Okay. Uh, it was a really weird game. It was the first attempt at a serious sword simulator, which this definitely is not. But it, it, it's got that look like it looks awful, but it meant they were able to focus on gameplay yeah. by saying, okay, this isn't going to be the prettiest thing. We know that. Move on. And I respect that. There are plenty of games these days that go with that retro aesthetic. I think in their case, it was not so much a retro aesthetic as a low budget, but it was different. Like, I, I, I sort of blaze through the text, like, yeah, yeah, whatever, I'm from here, and I do that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Give me, let me kill people. And then some dude's coming at me, and I got a crossbow. And so I shot at him, <laughs> and I missed him, and he's still mm -hmm. coming. So I hit the shoot button again, and he starts to reload. And he's still reloading. <laughs> and he's still reloading, and this dude's coming closer. I'm going, I'm gonna die! <laughs> and, of course, I, I got it just in time to level it in his head and, 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 and miss again. Mm -hmm. uh, so... He killed me because, of course, he did. Because apparently, if, I didn't realize if I hit a certain button, I can draw my sword. So I died, and then tried it again and killed them. And then I wound up in some dude's house. And then, you know, I wound up going from location to location and encountered some uh, some like a, a group of bandits on their horses. And uh, turns out, I'm not any better with a crossbow on a horse than I am on land. But I did have them chase me around for like 20 minutes. That was cool. This is a neat game. Like it's, but I get the impression it's one of those games that has to, you have to fall in love with it to really want to play it a lot. Absolutely, it is. It is very much. Um, it, you you need to kind of start playing this game a fairly specific way to start getting into it. Like for example, I I very rarely ever turn this game up off of the easiest settings. Really. Um, Really, well, because that would be like my once, first mistake, I guess. yeah. So <laughs> once, like, once you start turning up the difficulty settings, it gets very much to okay. You got two hits and you're and you're dead. With when it's set down to the easiest settings, it is it is fun. You you've still got the a perfectly good chance of dying if you run in just nose first right into the enemy. But you've got a much better shot at being able to say okay. I want to try and handle myself in a 2v1 situation or a, even a 3v1 if you're really feeling bold. But this this game evolves so much. Like at the very start of the game, you're running around and you'll have yourself and maybe 10 people with you who are all on foot and they've maybe got a wooden club and they might throw stones at the enemy. And the step up from there is you start getting, uh, start leveling them up. They've got some armor to them. You've got maybe that like 25, 30 people with you. And then you go and you talk to a lord and you say, hey, do you need mercenaries? And they go, yeah, we'll hire you. We'll pay you this amount, uh, this amount per month so that you can finance your troops and make a little bit on the side. And you're going to go and fight our wars for us. And you're going to show up when we call you. And that is everything from fighting massive, massive scale combat to with like 500 units at a time in the wow. field. Okay. Yeah. Um, to go show up and raid this village and there there's a lot of times where if you show up at raid a village the only thing that they've got for you to take is a bunch of butter so, <laughs> of course. so yeah so you just wind up walking around with an inventory full of butter and you take it to the city that's got the highest price for butter and you make two hundred thousand gold off of this trip to oh, raid geez. a village 
Wasn't um, there an expansion or like a standalone? It was all Napoleonic Wars or something? And... There were two expansions. There was uh, Mountain Blade, uh, Napoleonic Wars, and right. Viking Age. So oh, okay. you had those two settings. Actually, Napoleonic Wars had a really, really intensely interactive multiplayer scene where oh, okay. people would show up and they had armies with platoons and you would you would play your part in your division and you you would practice and people would show up and there would be <laughs> organized multiplayer battles and wars would be fought with people firing muskets and a, a cavalry oh my charge. God. Yeah, that was... sounds like Hold Fast, which was like the Napoleonic Wars where you play an individual soldier. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't realize that's what this was. Like how many people can play in a multiplayer match? I I'm pretty sure that like the supported thing yeah. is like up to 64 but i think that they've wow. gone beyond that uh with mods That's, and, and whatnot well yeah these days with mods i mean yeah when you think of fortnite was at 100 people i mean yeah. it's that's wild like i didn't get into any of this i just spent my time screwing around and trying to kill people and, and mostly mm -hmm. dying yeah um it, it was cool and i guess because i wasn't i knew i wasn't going to commit like a lot of time to the game mm -hmm. i just sort of putzed around and tried to get a feel for the way it played yeah, and it was cool, but I didn't realize there was like a this huge multiplayer. Like I can't see myself doing that, but no, I can see the draw of being a member of a of a cavalry charge. Like that would be thrilling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. On top of that, like you you've got a a world that is genuinely living and breathing. Cities are taken, empires fall, the, oh, uh, wow. the economy changes and fluctuates. The eventually, once you've you've uh, you've worked as a mercenary for long enough, you've got enough where you uh, you've hired out enough uh, enough of a military force where you can submit yourself into service of the king, and you are granted oh, wow. landed title, and you have holdings, and eventually you defend those holdings enough, and you decide to break from that kingdom, and you create your own empire, and you start to build it, and that is the whole point of this whole game. Okay, that you, is way more complex than I expected. I thought that I'll be honest. When you suggested this game, I thought it's like this is well. You what did I say at the beginning? This is like a cheaper version of For Honor. Mm -hmm. Clearly not. No, definitely, definitely not. Wow. This game goes so far beyond that. It, it admittedly, this is a very dated game. If you if you work for the um, uh, oh god, what the hell are they called? The the not UK. Um, yeah. They. The, their king is named King Harald, H-A-R-A-L-D, uh, and the amount of times that he'll be in the middle of a war and just throwing a frickin' banquet, and so nobody's out fighting the war, they're all at his castle attending a party, um, because the AI just likes to do that from time to time. <laughs> it's just absolutely hilarious there are so many little memes and then once you've gotten to the point in this game where you're like okay i get it i love it the combat's great then you've got the whole modding scene so there's um a couple of of really excellent mods one of which i can't remember the name off the top of my head it's basically it's basically a rebuild mod for the base game so they add in uh sea shipping so you've now got sea trade oh routes where God. you can hire out sailing vessels that'll trade around the country and you uh, it, it redesigns the entire class structure, so you've got new units and units with different weapons and new abilities wow. and many and varying armor types. And then if you really get bored of the base game, you download the the mecha mod that is, is basically what everybody aspires to play once you've got kind of a handle on this game. It's called Princes of Pendor, and it's a full rebuild. It's completely new map 
completely new cities and it's set in a, a fantasy setting this time so you've got like reclusive elves you've got magic you've got barbarians that come in from the mountain wastes with enchanted weapons uh okay. it's it's Holy way more brutal wow. you can you can do anything with this game there's uh what the hell um Game of Thrones. There's Game of Thrones rebuild mods for this. So you oh, fight shock, with shocks, yeah. Game of Thrones. There's Lord of the Rings rebuild mods. There's Warhammer 40k rebuild mods. If you want to fight a war in a setting, odds are there's a mod that'll let you do it in this game. You know, that's the neat thing about some of these sort of not AAA games like AA or single A mm -hmm. games or even B level games where they didn't have the money to make it the prettiest thing ever or to make it the most epic thing ever. And they gave you lots of options and then figured, okay, let's see what the community does with this mm -hmm. and that was a thing for pc games like in the late eight, the late 80s and, and, and into the early 90s before everything had to be a blockbuster is that mm -hmm. you get these little games and people would just go all sorts of crazy ways with it and you know a good example of course would be like warcraft 3 i mean we got oh, the yeah. you know, uh, defense of the ancients uh, which of course is its whole its own genre now the moba but sometimes those little games just they lend themselves to be screwed around with and you can always have something new to do and that's cool i respect that so there's a banner or sorry a mountain blade 2 right mm -hmm. is it the same way like is it there's mods for everything and uh, not as of yet. Mountain Blade Bannerlord only came out earlier this year. The modding okay. scene is is growing for it, but okay. um, I think I think technically it's still considered to be in beta. They they oh, basically okay. did a full release of the game. They said here it is, but we're still working on it. Okay. Um, and it came out, and it, I mean it didn't have the same buggy release that we saw with Cyberpunk 2077 about a week ago. Nothing now. has had the same buggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but but it is uh, it's the the exact same thing. It's this massive map, and it's it's basically Mountain Blade Warband times five times ten. It's just bigger, and you've got more of a, a directed storyline. And admittedly, the directed storyline is going to take you forever because I swear to God, every time they say, "Hey, you should go and talk to this lord," that lord is always captured by a neighboring faction and is sitting in their cells. And yeah. you your options are, "I'm going to go break him out," or "I'm gonna wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna wait until they're done." Or he's died of old age. I've had that one as well. That one's a pain in the ass. That sounds a little bit like Crusader Kings, where it's, it's a dynasty story mm -hmm. as much as anything else. They they so. definitely took some cues from Crusader Kings, where you've got dynasties, and you, and that when you've got children, and if your character does wind up dying of old age, you can choose to to pick it up as your child. Yeah. Or the other option is you, there's a little toggle that says, "Do you want to be able to kill be killed when you uh, when you're captured?" And so now you've got a, a real death factor in, in both wow. uh, Warband and Bannerlord. Um, huh. So you've, you've got a perfectly good option to, oh, this run's done. And there are going to be lots of times where you'll go, well, this run's done because there's one faction that owns half of the world right now. And there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to raise up another army. So this is effectively me running around getting captured over and over again. So this is dead. <laughs> Man, when I was in high school or university, this game would have been right up my alley. I would have invested a ton of time into it. I can't see myself doing that now. Yeah. But uh, I've gotten much more into the strategic, real-time strategy sort of side of things. Like, like mm -hmm. I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna be starting up an XCOM 2 campaign today. Mm -hmm. But man, this sounds pretty great. In fairness, you can get the real-time strategy aspect of this game. <laughs> There's uh, so when you when you enter combat, you've got your F 
uh, function key buttons. So mm -hmm. F1 through I think eight, and those will be different commands. And you like you'll address all your archers. I want you to move here, open fire, yeah. or move here, hold fire. In mm -hmm. cavalry, I want you to move over here. When I tell you you're going to charge the rear flank, like yeah. it's you you do wind up being able to have a full strategy sim in this game if you want to if you don't want to charge in uh sword swinging you can stand at the back and point out where that you want people to go yeah be the general that's neat yeah. that's really really neat mm -hmm. i'll be honest i can't say that i'm going to play this beyond the hour i tinkered that's with fair. it that's uh, fair. i had a lot of fun with it and the funny thing is despite the fact that everything you've told me sounds cool i'm probably not going to go back to it just because it's one more game in a pile that i will never get to the top of <laughs> but i'm guessing you're going to play the heck out of this one yeah i'll i'll always go back to uh to mountain blade warband um even even with bannerlord being out i think that warband has a lot of charm it, it, you can oh yeah be a lot more goofy with it especially right now um with time there are going to be more more mods that'll come out for bannerlord and and things will get a little bit more wild over there too but um this will always have a special place in my heart uh very cool yeah all right and i think awesome. that's about it So, Adam, do you yes, like sir. dying a lot? Yeah, actually. In video do, games, yes. Do you like sacrificing your teammates whether you want to or not? Surprisingly, yes. Do you like the opportunity to lose a game? I love that. Then let's play XCOM, shall we? Oh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. So XCOM... I recommended this. I've been playing this game since uh, since the very first one came out in 94. So that would have been just after I got out of high school. The, it was originally designed by this guy named Julian Gollop, which they named the Gollop Chamber after in the new ones, by the way. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so there was XCOM and then XCOM 2 Terror for the Deep, which he didn't design. It was sort of a quick turnaround product. And there was XCOM 3 Apocalypse, which took place in a city. And there was a couple of crappy there was like XCOM Interceptor which was this bad space flight game and XCOM Enforcer which was like a third person shooter in that 3D everything must be 3D era it was garbage right. but then Firaxis which is Sid Meier's company the great god himself mm -hmm. he picked up the uh, the rights to it and he made XCOM Enemy Unknown with its sequel XCOM Enemy Within or its expansion pack and then there was XCOM 2 which is still kind of like the, the standard for this sort of game and then recently they very quickly and surprisingly released XCOM Chimera Squad, which by their own admission was an experimental title. Uh, so this, these games, all of them, oh sorry, it was also a third person squad based cover shooter called XCOM the Bureau. Classified, the Bureau, which I loved, but it's not the same as anything else here. The mainline games have three components. There's the base building, you know, you build workshops to build stuff, you build research to research stuff, alien containment, hangars, storage facilities, blah blah blah. Then you hire troops and you equip them with, you know, the equipment you have and that you, that you can purchase and then you can research and then manufacture. Then there's the strategic level, which they call the geoscape, which is just a, you know, it's a it's a globe. Yeah, and it'll tell map. you where, yeah, they're, they're, they'll tell you where there's any uh, alien activity elsewhere in the world because you are the extraterrestri extraterrestrial combat unit. You're there to stop an alien invasion is what you are. Mm -hmm. And then once you find an alien 
presence on the map, either like a crash mission or uh, the city terror missions, which are always complete shit shows. And all these different missions, you load up your troops on a troop transport and you send them into battle and then you're in a tactical three quarters perspective view. Your troops move, then his troops, you know, the aliens move. Though in Chimera Squad, they went to an initiative based thing. So it's back and forth. And this game wasn't the first of its type. There was another game called Laser Squad back in the day. But okay. XCOM did it, which I think I think Gullop even made that one, Julian Gullop. By the way, he made a recent, he, he's back in this uh, genre. He, he made Phoenix Point, which just came out on Steam. And it's pretty damn good. But it's got a Cthulhu-esque feel to it. But very good game. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's worth getting. It finally just popped on Steam. It was on Epic for the last year. But XCOM is known for being brutal. You are going to lose teammates. You are going to lose this game. It's one of the few games that lets you lose. And I think modern gamers don't realize that. You can lose this game. You can't ever lose Assassin's Creed. No. Right? You just die and you reboot. Eventually you're going to win. This game you can lose. The aliens can overrun you and it can that can be it. You can send your troops on a mission and they can all be wiped out. And that's it. You're shit out of luck. Go, go recruit some more guys. Hopefully you've got some waiting for you back at base. There's a brutality to it. And when the game initially released, they put out a demo. It came in PC Gamer magazine in a bag with a with a 3.5-inch floppy. And it was one mission you could not possibly win. And I played it hundreds of times. Really? And you just you keep losing your guys over and over again. So you say, okay, I won't spread them out. I'll keep them together. Well, that doesn't work. And it's like, okay, I'll just kill everything in my path. But that doesn't work. And it's like, I've never found a game that punished me so much for playing it. And yet made me want to go back to it, but keep me coming. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. And they changed things quite significantly when Firaxis built the modern games. I think it was eight years ago, I think they made the last one. Yeah, the last one? Or sorry, the, the first of the new ones, XCOM Enemy Unknown. Yeah, XCOM Enemy like, Unknown, that sounds about right. I think it was like 2010, 2012, somewhere in there. Like that, yeah. They change a lot of things. The base, instead of being this thing you laid down in tiles from up top, it, they call it the ant farm, which tells you all you need to know about it. Mm -hmm. Same sort of idea. They were very careful with it. Like the, the maps were bespoke, whereas before they had always been randomly generated, not randomly generated, procedurally generated. This one wasn't because they weren't sure people would want to play this game. Like people said, who the hell asked for this? But it turned out to be a brilliant game. And XCOM 2 went all in. They made procedurally generated maps. The game is much more complex. It's much more beautiful. They've done a really good job with it. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this? Like, I made you play the original. Oh, God, yes. How okay. did that so, go? <laughs> I'm sure that if I had played the original when it was uh, when it was new, I'm sure yeah. I would have enjoyed it. Right now, it feels like uh, like playing a, a, a punishing spreadsheet. Like, Microsoft <laughs> Excel hates me. <laughs> I mean, Microsoft Excel usually hates me. But... Yeah, that's a given. <laughs> Microsoft um, still hates everyone. But this is another matter. This is true, but no, I, honest to God, if if I don't ever have to go play XCOM <laughs> UFO defense again, I'll be a happy man. <laughs> did you manage to get into a fight? Yes, yes, I did. I, how'd that I, go for you? I'm pretty sure that I missed the first UFO that was flying around. Once I figured out that I actually had to send my interceptors out to go and patrol for UFOs to shoot them down. Then, then I managed to get into a fight. I walked out of the transport. Turned out that I guess I had equipped ammunition onto my troops. I, I found out from you that that was a, a concern. Yeah. Um, and then I walked out and spent about 10 minutes wandering around trying to find the enemies. Mm -hmm. I killed a couple of them. 
and then I just kept getting annoyed with the interface and then wound up just walking my troops into fire because I wanted to be done with the mission. Uh, It was... It was unenjoyable at all. That's too bad. You know, I actually think in many ways it's still the best of the games. Really? uh, Because the fact is you can walk out and you can lose. Like, you can truly lose this game. And I can still remember missions where, like, we we touch down in a farm and we know there are aliens out there. And the thing is, when you walk into, like, the cornfields, you can't see anything unless it's, like, two spaces away from you. So you're very quietly moving through this field and suddenly there's an alien. You go, ah! You start lobbing grenades and there's fires and, you know, you, you start to panic. And in some of these bigger missions, like the terror missions, like later in the game, you can get this thing called the Avenger. Uh, you can put like 24 troops in it. You send them out into a terror mission where there may be 30 or 40 enemies. And unlike in XCOM 2, where they kind of wait for you to come to them because they don't know you're there. In this game, they know you're there and they're coming for you. So you wind up in these platoon level turn-based shooting matches. And once you get the you know the high explosive alien grenades and shit like that, you wind up with this insane urban fighting carnage. Mm-hmm. But what I love is that you, you you go into a house and you look around the corner and maybe there's an alien there waiting for you and maybe there isn't. And it, the tension, I love it. And the music, there's a, there's a lot of tension in the music in the battles. Right. Uh, but yeah, it is like the game doesn't make the assumptions that the new ones do. Like, of course you've got ammunition, so we don't even worry about that. You need to reload your gun 50 times in a mission, you go, guy. Here, if you empty out your magazine and you didn't equip the guy with a second magazine, you're screwed! Yeah. The game is... It's early. It's like Demigod we talked about earlier. It's, yeah. You know, it, it was a prototype, so... Well, of course you have to have ammunition. Well, of course you have to equip a grenade. Well, of course you have to put it in your hand. So you have to take it off your belt and put it in your hand to use it. Things like that. All the sorts of things that games have gotten past and said, oh, we don't worry about that anymore. That's something obvious you shouldn't have to think about as a player. But the new games, like you've played XCOM 2, I assume. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, so what do you think of that one? Um, XCOM 2, I think, is... This is the Firaxis game we're talking about. Yeah, sorry, XCOM 2 is released in, what was it, 2017, 2018? Something like that, yeah. That game is excellent. It is a pinnacle of turn-based strategy. Yeah. It is a absolute monster when it comes to player agency, I think, is one of the one of the big things that that really is is given to the player as a gift is you have the choices of how this is going to play out in XCOM 2 the assumption is made that you you lost in in XCOM it's enemy unknown which is um, so XCOM you know? <laughs> yeah it was very XCOM and so you are now this guerrilla faction trying to retake the world from the aliens who have uh, subversively basically taken over the world and are now creating or turning everybody into alien hybrids yeah you start off most missions in stealth. You've got the option to break stealth. You've got the option to have some units break stealth. Some units are able to maintain it through their own abilities. And you, you've you just got so many different ways that you can play. You can play it stealth. Or you can just wind up stacking up four guys with heavy machine guns and rocket launchers and rolling in. Yeah, It's such a, a piece of art when it comes to its agency. And I think that's what I appreciate most about it. Yeah, it's you know it's funny because I don't like the story, I don't like the re- resistance thing. I much prefer the base, but that's because they've always been that. But that's my problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to do something new with this game, but everything about this game and in a standard Firaxis business modeling, 
they create DLC that isn't stuff you play later. It's not like more levels. No, mm -hmm. no, no. It adds layers to the game, just yeah. like uh, Gathering Storm added weather events to Civilization VI. And we'll do the Civilization series at some point as well. You know, so they added the War of the Chosen, and that adds these cool sort of semi-boss characters that you have to deal with. And it adds these different factions, one of whom are like these scary infantry, infantry guys, and the other who are snipers, and all the, you know, and the others who are sort of psionic warriors. And it just adds layer after layer, just like with th their XCOM one, their first one, they added Enemy Within, which added that new faction, which are like these human alien sympathizers, but they're not working with the aliens. They've got their own agenda. And then they add, you know, all these different things. And and as an XCOM title has grown, whether we're talking about the first one or uh, XCOM 2, whichever ever Firaxis game you want to talk about, as they added DLC, they added layers of complexity, but also layers of fun and choice mm -hmm. to the game. So you'd start over. So no, like I don't play XCOM 2. I play XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. Yeah. With all the extra stuff, all those cool little DLCs they added, except for the Anarchy's children, because I'm not interested in having my guys have Mohawks. But, uh, you know, but you can customize how your troops look mm -hmm. and right down to whether they have a monocle or a, a, you know, a beard or whatever. And they just oh, keep God, yeah. adding and adding and adding to these games. Like when you, it's, these games are almost like an investment. You know, the new ones, like the new Firaxis ones, you buy it and there's more to come and they'll keep throwing stuff at you. Uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know you're buying this game and there'll be more to come. So you're you're not just buying a game that's a one and done. Mm -hmm. You're buying a game that will evolve over time. Yeah. Uh, and I love it, but it's still so punishing. You can still lose XCOM and XCOM 2. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You will. I love a game that gives you permission to lose. Yeah. Because most games don't do that. Most games, you're going to win. It's a power fantasy. Yeah, but, um, but the, this this game it it still lets you have a power fantasy. I mean, like, oh, yeah. I I love XCOM too. I think it is the superior game, but I like XCOM Enemy Unknown personally more. I I have more. Maybe that's because the one I spent it's the one I've spent more time in, and it's what I it was the first XCOM game that I played. But I love going back to that and getting a squad of i think it's six max six that you can have yeah. in that game you've always got somebody with uh telekinesis you've got somebody who's you've chopped off their head and put it onto a, a giant machine body yeah. and now you've got a guy who can, can just stand there and be cover or he has a flamethrower or what have you yeah. Yeah. uh you've got a guy enhanced with gene augmentation who sprints up to people and blasts them in the face with their own shotguns like it's yeah, yeah, it's it's neat. It's funny. I always played the second because the, the first one was not mod friendly, but XCOM two absolutely was out of the gate mm -hmm. mod friendly. Yeah, and one of the things I mod is I always add more troops because that's one of the things I miss from the original XCOM is that right. you could have hordes of troops. Yeah, that's one of the things about the original XCOM that I still think is superior is that you could send in a platoon, and you could have instead of this small tense squad versus squad fight, you could have a platoon level pitched battle. Right, and there's something very cool about you know, yelling "Hold the line" while the uh, the chrysalids come after you. Yeah, uh, the chrysalids are even scarier in the original one. Like in this new one, they kill your guy and he raises as a zombie, and then you kill the zombie. In the original one, they raise as a zombie, and when you kill the zombie, his skin sloughs off, and underneath is another chrysalid. No. Mm -hmm. So it's very possible that one chrysalid, if you are stupid and you spread your guys out too much, it's very possible if you send in 10 guys and one of them encounters a chrysalid, 
it'll end with your last guy trying to kill like nine other chrysalids. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. They're terrifying, and I think that was sort of it's a it's a uh, what would you call it a domino effect that I think they didn't want in the second one. Yeah. Um, also in the original XCOM, which I much prefer, is the base building. In the new ones, it's a an ant farm. That's actually what they call it. Mm-hmm. But in the original one, it was top down and it was tile based, and you decided where the different modules went and that was important first off you had more than one base in the original XCOM I think you could build eight bases and you'd build build radar facilities so you didn't have to have your interceptors patrolling you'd detect detect. but you also had to build base defenses because eventually the aliens get pissed off at you and they come for you and if they got past your defenses they land they land in your hangar and if you put your hangar in the middle of your base and you have stuff connecting all around it those aliens land in your hangar and spread out in all directions Right. Whereas if you put the hangar in a corner and you create a choke point, you can create a barricade. Okay. Also, the way it worked is, let's say you sent 10 troops to a base, but you forgot to send also rifles and ammunition to that base. <laughs> when the aliens landed, you had 10 unarmed dudes running around. Right. And they could take that base and they could wipe out everything. So you might have some super expensive equipment there. But if you didn't leave a squad of guys to defend your base, bye-bye base. Mm-hmm. Like that game was, as you discovered, it's very punishing. Yes, in a hurry. In a hurry. Having said that, I recommend if you like the XCOM games, the new ones, go buy XCOM UFO Defense, the very first Steam game. It'll cost you three bucks. If that's not punishing enough for you, you absolutely try Terror from the Deep, which is <laughs> twice as punishing. Oh god. Uh, because you're above because your 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 land weapons don't work under the ocean, but your ocean weapons can sort of work on land. So you gotta main two di- different squads. And there are, instead of city to well, there are city terror missions, but there's shipping equivalents where you land on like a cruise ship mm-hmm. and you have to weed out the aliens. But okay. cruise ships have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rooms. And sometimes you have to go room by room. I still remember spending seven hours on a mission trying oh to God. find one panicked alien who, who was hiding. It was a <laughs> nightmare. Like, can't I just sink this goddamn ship? But it was just like one guy. And it was brutal because I only had like four guys myself. And it took, like I said, seven hours. It was just, I mean, that was an extreme version. But don't get terror for the deep. Please don't don't punish yourself like that. Get the original one. And, you know, for two bucks, if you only played for a few hours, who cares? But mm-hmm. there's many things that game does better. Like you have time points instead of two actions. You know, move and shoot or move and move or shoot right. and reload or whatever here you get time points you could shoot three times if you've got the time points for it yeah um it's a lot more granular it's that 90s feel sort of like remember with rules of engagement where well if you want to communicate to a ship you got to go to the communications panel you got to select the ship and you yeah. got to select the order then you have to hit send these days you would click on that ship and right click on the map and it would know you meant to order that ship to go there Mm-hmm. Right. It's the difference between homeworld and rules of engagement is the new XCOM versus the old XCOM. Yeah, definitely. It's I I feel like um again it it's very much something that makes you appreciate where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I sat down and I I played UFO Defense for my I, I think I played it for about mm, 20 30 minutes ish and then I said okay I've I've seen where this started and then I went and I I Never, had ever XCOM, come back. Well, I had XCOM 2 loaded in and I went, "Wow, this makes me so happy that we've got some modern advances." And yeah. and I definitely appreciate why you would enjoy the little granular things a bit mm-hmm. more like the the change in time points and and the base building. But I also feel like 
for when Firaxis took over, they kind of wanted to focus this, streamline yes. it. Like, we want to point this at uh, the three-quarters view yep. top-down strategy game. And that is what we want to focus on. That's what we want to excel in. And that's what they yep. did. Yeah, they got rid of a lot of the micromanaging. And, that, and that's fair enough. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish someone would mod this game to create the larger squads. But again, you can do that just by editing a, uh, a text file, in fact. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to see someone recreate the original base building, things like that. Right. Um, I'm hoping XCOM 3 will do that. I'm waiting for them to announce it because it's the worst kept secret in the world that they're working <laughs> on it because of course they are. Um, yeah. You can be sure that whatever Firaxis does with the series, it's going to be worth doing. Like Chimera Squad got some crap because it was sort of a, it was a short product. Like you, you're not going to play it for a hundred hour campaign. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it takes place in a, a city. You play a, a, a police squad that is a mixture of aliens and humans. It's very cool. It tries some new things like breaches. Everything's a mission where you kick in a door and scream, this is the police sort of thing. <laughs> Oh, you don't actually scream, this is the police. You just start shooting people. It was an experiment, and they recognized, yeah, we, we want to do experiment by changing it up and going, instead of my team moves, then the enemy moves. It's mm-hmm. it's based on initiative order, so sometimes you guy, you move, I move, you move, I move, and then maybe, you know, again, it's initiative. Uh, yeah. They're, they're doing great things with the series, and it's hard not to appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. I don't think that you can fault them for trying something new. Like, Chimera Squadron, obviously, it's it's... It's an experiment, and mm-hmm. there's that's the only thing that drives this forward is experimentation and trying yep. new things and learning. Yep. Because if we if we didn't do that, then we'd we'd still be playing XCOM UFO Defense. Yeah, absolutely. Jake Solomon, who who runs this series now, he's the guy at Firaxis in charge for the rest of his life. He can put that on his on his resume. I designed the new XCOM, mm-hmm. and he's good to go. He he deserves yeah. to be hired by anyone who would offer him a job. But of course, he'll work for Firaxis forever because that's how Sid Meier works. Yes, uh, you know, all of his games rock. So yeah, so uh, yeah. I'm guessing you're going to play more XCOM 2, but not the original. Yeah, I'll, I'll play more XCOM 2. I will. Uh, I'll play more XCOM Enemy Unknown and Enemy Within. I'm going to going to uninstall XCOM UFO Defense, and I'm probably <laughs> never going to look at it again. It will forever stay as 0.2 hours on record. <laughs> That's fair enough. Are you going to try Chimera Squad? Are you going to give that a go? Uh, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably eventually give it a go. It's uh, it's it. I looked at it, it just something about it just didn't really jump out and grab me right off the hop. I'm sure that it's excellent, it but uh, I just I haven't gotten around to it. Well, it's definitely for something different. It's worth trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play... I, I haven't actually played XCOM Enemy Unknown, sort of the new XCOM 1. I haven't played it since XCOM 2 came out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to go back because so many of the... Th- the customization things are yeah. so much better yeah. in XCOM 2. And, I'm, and in fact, today, when we're done recording, I'm going to start up an XCOM 2 campaign. Nice. Uh, and uh, also, I picked up Dwarfheim, and I really want to try that. But I'm going to play the shit out of these games forever. And when XCOM 3 comes out, you better believe I'm going to be pre-ordering that the day it's available on Steam. Like, there's no question in my mind. They've earned my money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, it's like the gif of, of Fry. Shut up and take my money. A hundred percent. I would expect no less from you. You have been a uh, a cheerleader for XCOM for basically as long as I've known you. So. Lo- longer than you've been alive, Sonny. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Since 1994. No, but they're good. They're good games. Uh, they're excellent games. Uh, so there it is. There it is. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>